So, uh, welcome everybody. Is suicide unforgivable by God? Why do people commit suicide? Are there any people in the Bible who committed suicide? And why did the first head transplant candidate pull out of it? So these and many more questions are to be looked at in this episode to help us get an understanding of the morality of suicide and its consequences. Uh, those who are new to this uh, podcast, this is the Fishing for Men with Mac podcast that deals with worldview questions and is aimed at finding truth in a world full of lies. This is episode 55 and it's wonderful to have you listen uh, to this episode and I pray that the content of this um, this episode will be a blessing to you. And so what is the question about today regarding suicide? This topic was uh, prompted by a very special lady, a sister in Christ who recently got baptized and uh, I decided, you know what, I think this is an important topic to deal with. So let me deal specifically with the questions that uh, she had in mind. She's obviously a Christian and so here are her questions um, that I would like to sort of touch on today. First of all, she asked, does God forgive people who commit suicide? And then secondly, can people who committed suicide go to heaven? And where do people find themselves before they commit suicide? Very, very good questions. And the last question is, can a person's spirit remain here on earth with you? And I quickly want to just talk about that last uh, question because I won't really be dealing with that in this podcast. I've sort of dealt with that before in a podcast about ghosts. Um, so please go check that out if you'd like to have a little bit more information on that. But here's just a brief summary. Um, I don't believe that the spirits of people remain back on the earth. And the reason I, I have that view is because of some scriptures in the Bible. Hebrews chapter 9, I think verse 27 says that it is appointed unto man to die once and then to face the judgment. So you die and then you face God. Okay, we also read the story in the book of Luke about Lazarus and the rich man. They, they both die and the rich man goes to, to a, we could call hell or Hades. And the Lazarus then goes to heaven where he's with, with Abraham. And in that whole story, you see that there's no way that you can go from heaven to hell or from hell to heaven. And there's no way that you can really go back to the earth. Uh, um, Abraham prevents that from taking place. And so Hades is the realm of the dead. It's the place where you go when you die. Um, obviously, there's a lot more to say about that, but basically, you've had your time on earth, your spirit isn't roaming around on, on the planet, you go to a place called Hades, okay, and that's not on, that's not on the planet, okay, and then you might ask, well, what about the, you know, crossing over with John Edwards and those types of uh, stories where they talk to the dead and um, I only have one explanation for that, and that's the work of uh, demons and demonology. Uh, you know that demons are around. They're a third of the, the angels of heaven were flung to the earth with Satan, and they are everywhere around us. They know everything about us. They were here 100 years ago. They were here 200 years ago. They are around our family members. So um, for them to, uh, to influence people uh, that do speak to the dead is very, very easy. And that's why so often we read in the scriptures, especially the Old Testament, we need to stay away from that type of stuff. And the reason why we need to stay away from it is not because people who are living are talking to the dead, but it's because people who are living are talking to demons. Okay? And we need to stay away from that. So, yeah, that's just my two cents on that. Uh, so I don't believe personally um, that uh, our ghosts stay around on the earth. Um, that's a big topic, obviously, to discuss, but that's just what I see in, in the scriptures. 
Um, but nevertheless, I haven't been part of the spiritual realm, really, so uh, I cannot make judgments on that. So what I'll be doing in this episode is uh, answer the suicide questions from a Christian perspective. And so if you're listening to this, um, just know that whatever is going to be said in this podcast will be from a Christian perspective. And the Bible will play the most important role. However, I will be using some statistics and some personal experiences there are two other people in my life at this moment close to me who have lost their fathers due to uh, suicide. And that's obviously, it's heart-wrenching, it's, it's hard. Um, three months before my wedding in 2009, my father committed suicide. I received a letter from him congratulating us on our marriage after he had shot himself. And that was quite traumatic, you know, because you want your, your dad to be there um, at your wedding. And, uh, you know, he didn't leave a suicide note. So that leaves you sort of with with a lot of questions and you wonder what was going on. And then I had to preach at his funeral. So I'm this preacher guy. I know what the Bible says and the Bible really actually condemns suicide. But on the other hand, it's your father. I mean, how do you say at your father's funeral as the preacher, man, you know what, my dad has just gone to hell. And so that, that, that experience forced me to really think deeply about God and his personality and about his holiness and equally about his grace. I mean, what do you say at that funeral? And I remember what I said. I, I said, it, it all depends on God and his grace. My father was a Christian, a baptized believer, a born-again Christian. I don't know how grace, God's grace, how big God's grace is and if God's grace would cover him. But more on that will come as we um, talk about this further. But in 2009, I mean, that was the year my dad uh, committed suicide. There were quite a few people in the, closely associated to the church that I was working at. Um, that also committed suicide. The one gentleman was an older gentleman in the church that I had a wonderful relationship with and his grandson had committed suicide. He was about 14 years old. He, he hung himself in his room, the back of his door, and uh, he committed suicide because uh, apparently uh, his girlfriend had left him. Now, we know as teenagers, that's a very hard thing to go through. You feel heartbroken. This kid couldn't handle it. And I remember us walking into the house, walking into the room where he had taken his life. And the whole room was just filled with uh, posters of bands like Slipknot and uh, that type of stuff. So you can you can see that this kid was sort of in a he was in a in a, in a dark uh, space in his in his life. There was another gentleman that um, took his own life. He really went went at it to take his own life. When we arrived at the house, there were just, you know, there were drops of blood all over because he he, he tried so many different ways. He tried to cut his wrist with a, um, you know, with a shaving razor, and he couldn't get that right. So he um, he went and he drank pesticide that he found in the garage, and that didn't really work. Although he vomited a few times, and then he climbed into a bath and tried to electrocute himself with the um, toaster or the I can't I think it was the the hair dryer. By the time that we arrived there, he was sort of like passed out in the in the bath in, in the bathtub, and uh, so we we got him up. He went to hospital, and I think it was about a day later he died, and he died because of the pesticide that he had drank. His organs gave in etc etc now he wanted to take his own life because he was schizophrenic and, and bipolar and and he really had some serious mental disorders but the, i think one of the most shocking uh, suicides was a young boy by the age of 17 years old and i'll say his name his name is timothy and he was just a precious little boy he was born prematurely born without nipples it's interest, in, interesting interesting uh, to learn that that actually happens and 
he uh, he's always wanted to be bigger than what he was. And he always wanted to go to gym. And I used to go to gym with him. He wanted big muscles. And he always wore bigger pants. And he wore bigger shoes than he, he needed to. So he looked like a clown. But he's just this precious kid. And one day, he uh, and I also had the honor of baptizing him. And, and, and the one day, he uh, he phoned me at about 9 in the morning. And he said to me, I think it was a Saturday. He said to me, man, he's not feeling well. I said to him, well, is it a spiritual or physical thing? And he said, no, it's a spiritual, emotional thing. And I said, okay, I'll see you at about 11. And just before 11, his mom arrives at our house and, and his sister and they have a chat with us. And they say, no, Tim Timothy is just having a down day. And so we didn't really make much of it. And so I didn't arrive there at 11. But about one o'clock, we went to their house and then we just had lunch with them. And, and they said to us, no, Timothy had gone to the mall. And uh, we thought, OK, well, then he's obviously OK. You don't make much of it. And got into the car and we went to some other people's house. And about three o'clock, we received the call. He never went to the mall. While we, while we were sitting with them having lunch in their lounge, five meters away in the garage, uh, he was hanging and he had hung himself. And by the time they found him at three o'clock, he'd already passed away. And that, that, was just, that was just horrific. He also didn't leave a note. Uh, he didn't say why he, he took his own life. It was very traumatic. And I've never seen a family go through so much trauma because his mom passed away a few years ago, pancreatic cancer. His dad had horrible diseases and he also died. And, and just the sister is left. Um, so suicide is a, is a very hurtful thing. In Timothy's case, I don't know why he took his own life. I just know that he had some conflict within him and felt that his dad never accepted him and that's possibly why he took his life. And that morning, that conflict at home just was the last straw for him. Now, the World Health Organization records that suicide rates have increased by 60% in the last 45 years. In other words, people are increasingly saying, I don't want to live. About 1 million people die through suicide every year. That is 16 people per 100,000 people on the planet don't want to live. That means one death out of every 40 seconds. So every 40 seconds, somebody takes their own life. And the big question is, why do people commit suicide? And as you've noticed already, the examples I gave of my own life, it ranges from the, the most common to the least common. Firstly, mental illness. That's the biggest reason why people commit suicide. They are schizophrenic. They've got bipolar disorder. They've got post-traumatic stress disorder. That's why you would often find policemen and, and people who are involved with crime scenes. And uh, those are the type of people, you know, that's involved with violence. They end up taking their own lives because, uh, you know, we underestimate how violence and its effects um, influence our thinking. So depression, that type of stuff, those are usually the type of people that take their own lives. That's the first reason why people commit suicide. The second reason, uh, the second on the list, highest on the list is through the relationship with an intimate partner. In other words, you're married to a person for 20 years and that person divorces you or cheats on you. And that is so traumatic. You don't know how to deal with that. Uh, about two years ago, we had a gentleman uh, that I went to go see and he couldn't, he couldn't handle the fact that his wife had divorced him and that she now uh, is with another guy. He couldn't, he couldn't get that over his head. And we, you know, try to counsel him and encourage him. But a few days later, we heard that he had also killed himself. And so relationships have a big, big impact on us. There was a there was a really intense story which really shocked me. And it's interesting that these things don't really spread on the news. I don't know if you've heard about it, but last year or in late 2019, I'm just trying to think about the date. There was a gentleman by the name of Ben Vid. 
Uh, he was driving with his wife. I think it was in Grabau area in, in the Western Cape. He was driving with his wife and they hit a, they got into an accident. They hit a, a petrol tanker. I think there might have been other cars involved as well. And their car went down the bank and he climbed out of the car and he, he saw his wife had died in the accident. And there were other people on the accident scene and, and he was holding his wife, grabbing her and, and he couldn't believe that she had died and he said to the people around him look she's, she's dead can you see that she's dead and he and then he walked up the bank now by this time the truck the uh, the fuel truck was on fire and the flames were everywhere and he just walked straight into the fuel truck and he went to lay down on the flames and he died right there in front of everybody just looking at this he, he burnt himself to death why now what happened in that moment i would say that that was also just a crazy moment it losing his life partner he didn't know how to handle that a third um reason is a recent crisis uh, something drastic has happened in your life a fourth problem would be physical health you uh, uh you, you 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 lose a limb or you develop cancer or you develop a disease that's really going to cause a painful death and you you'd rather just die now uh, problems at work that's a big reason i think in south africa we often hear about that um don't, don't know if you guys have heard about the spur ceo pierre van tonder who committed suicide now i'm not sure if that's got anything to do with his work life but you often see these high profile people in these businesses taking their own lives there's adolf merkel for example is this billionaire from germany who just took his own life and we're like dude if i had your money i would never commit suicide wrong ladies and gentlemen money does not want uh, lead you to not want to kill yourself okay it, money sometimes lead you to kill yourself now he's lost some sh some serious uh, shares in vw and that's why he he uh, he, uh, he took his own life and so that that's financial problems so uh, mental illness intimate partner recent crisis physical health problems at work and financial problems but the big question for today is suicide an unforgivable moral act in God's eyes? In other words, can this final act cause eternal damnation? Will this send me to hell? Guaranteed. And obviously there's two sides to the coin. There are people who say, yes, for sure it's murder. You will go to hell. And then there's other people that say, oh, wait, hold on a minute. Um, I, I believe that good people go to heaven regardless of what they do. But there's unfortunately no clear cut answer that we can give. Um, and I know that's not what we would like to hear on this podcast. Why is that the fact? Because there's ultimately only one judge and he will do what is right. He will do what is just. He will use the co correct measure of judgment to say yes or to say no is to assume that we can make better judgments than God. But however, that's the short answer. We don't know. Okay. But however, let me provide a few thoughts that will help you find your way and make up your own mind about this topic. I believe the answer to the main question, to this main question, whether God can forgive suicide, depends on the person who kills himself or herself. And you will have to consider what I say from year on in light of the person in your life that committed suicide. So I want to help you through this. Think about this person in your life as we progress from year onwards. We need to tread very carefully with this question. Because if we say that suicide is okay, it has, there's no eternal consequences, then we might open the door for people to believe it is okay to kill themselves. 
So this is very dangerous to say, no, it's okay. You can kill yourself. You're going to go to heaven. That's not going to have an impact at all in your eternal judgment. That is very, very dangerous. But if we condemn all suicides and claim that every person who kills himself is definitely going to hell, then we might make judgments that is reserved for God and God alone. And that could cause people to mourn the eternal death of their loved ones when it isn't necessary to do so. So based on the predominant reasons, let's get into this. Based on the predominant reasons for suicide, is there any reason that could be good justification for killing yourself? In other words, is there a good reason to kill yourself? If God was here with us today, is there any way he would say to us, man, you know what, I, I understand if you kill yourself in that situation. Let's think about it. Is financial problems worth killing yourself over? Having no money. I don't think so. There's lots of people in the world that have nothing. They continue living because there's other things worth living for, like family members, relationships. Is uh, Problems at work. Is that something worth killing yourself for? No, I don't think so. I think everybody's got problems at work. Is physical health a good reason to kill yourself? Well, you know what? It's easy for us to sit here with healthy bodies and say no, but that's not a good reason. But however, we can go look at a guy like Nick Vujicic. Nick Vujicic was born without arms and legs, ladies and gentlemen. Age 10, he said he wanted to commit suicide. He wanted to end his life. <clears throat> but he's got a wonderful life. He's got kids. He's got a wife. He smiles. He's super, he travels the world preaching the gospel. Now, the only reason why he's still alive is probably because he found Christ. Now, in law, when we talk about crimes that people commit, we use the words insanity defense. If you have committed a crime while having an episodic or a persistent psychiatric disease, you will not be held accountable by the court. Why? Well, you were insane. You were not acting normally. You were not thinking normally. And I think in some instances there is merit. Some people commit suicide because they've gone insane. All right? Let's look at the story of Ben Vid. He sees his wife is dead. He doesn't know how to handle that moment. It's too traumatic. He's in this car accident. He's not thinking straight. He doesn't think about his future. He just in that moment thinks there is no future. And he, he asks the question, how can I kill myself? I am so traumatized. I'm going to walk into this truck and I'm going to burn myself to death. That is a moment of insanity. Now, when God judges that man, what is God going to take into account? Well, we don't know. But I think God, just like we as human in human courts would use insanity, I'm sure that God would make a judgment based on that as well. Now, I'm not saying that my dad, for example, went to heaven. Uh, my dad also, he had, he had depression and he had some serious health issues. He was struggling with his body. Um, maybe he had good reasons to want to end his life. And I think that God will take into consideration all of those things when he makes a judgment. Just like our court systems makes judgments and takes everything into account before they, they uh, provide a verdict. So I believe God does as well. God is the one that makes the final call whether we are insane or not. And insanity, I think, is maybe one of the reasons that God might approve and say, look, I understand. I understand why you took your own life. And so the first question that I would like to say is the following. Was the person that committed suicide insane? Did that person have a mental disorder? And in that instance, I believe God will have mercy and grace. That's just my personal opinion. So let's go into some theology. Let's be very clear. Suicide is murder. It is the taking of life. 
and God is the giver of life. And if we take, if we go and take away the life of someone, even our own life, we're committing a crime against the God of heaven. But suicide is a very tricky thing. And I'll just want to, I want you to just hang in there for a moment. Let, let me explain it like this. Okay, let's start with one, one side. Committing murder is a sin like any other sin, right? We are Christians not because we don't sin, but because we do. And we seek forgiveness and grace. And if God can, can forgive my lust and my lying and my greed, then surely He can forgive my suicide. Isn't that so? Right? I mean, why do we, why do we separate suicide from all other sins? Or maybe there's a good reason to separate it. Maybe killing is a little bit more than greed. It's a little bit more intense. So, so although suicide is a sin like any other, it's more complicated than that. First, listen to this. Forgiveness is dependent on repentance. Forgiveness is dependent on repentance, according to the Bible. God doesn't forgive unrepentant sin. So let's say, for example, my whole life I go on and I launder money. I become a Christian and then I continue laundering money again until the day that I die. And I never turn and repent of that. Is God going to forgive me? I don't think so. Because you're living a lifestyle of sin. So yes, I might steal something and repent. I might lie and repent or cheat on my husband and repent. And God forgives me immediately through Christ. That's why we've got access to grace. But what if I kill myself? I don't have time to repent. My final act is sin. My final act is to kill myself. Okay? My final act is the committing of murder. And in this way, there's no forgiveness for me because I didn't have an opportunity to repent. However, secondly, you see why it's complex. Scripture condemns a lifestyle of sin and not an occasional sin or a once-off sin if you're in Christ. Adulterers, fornicators, murderers are condemned to separation from God. A lifestyle of sin is an indication that you, you have not been born again, that you don't have a relationship with God. But a person that commits suicide is committing a once-off sin, a once-off offense. Strictly speaking, <coughs> a suicide person, generally speaking, is not a murderer and therefore does not fall into the category of eternal damnation. Now, these guys who walk around in Paris and shoot people with with guns and then shoot themselves at the end of the day yes they are murderous and their suicide i would put in a different category but um you see how complex this is okay now here's just my two cents taking this together how many seconds does a person need to repent or change their mind split seconds don't you think split seconds do you know that the brain continues functioning for sometimes even minutes after death what if that person who commits suicide realizes in those few minutes and seconds they've done the wrong thing, but it's too late? It has been discovered many times that at suicide scenes it can be deduced that the person didn't want to do it but did it accidentally. Do you know how many times that happens? I mean, today we're talking about suicides, people who actually get it right to commit suicide. But there are far more people who try to commit suicide but never get there. Because somehow they, they stop. Some people just don't stop and they accidentally kill themselves. This young man, Timothy, we found evidence in the, in the garage that he, he didn't actually intend to die. That he was trying to get the thing off his, off his neck. But he couldn't. And so in that moment, he's, he's repenting. He's, he's trying to, to stop this. He, he made a mistake. So who knows if that person that committed suicide didn't have a change of heart in those few seconds. Who knows? Once again, only God. Now, I know that's not what we want to hear. 
so far you're probably not happy with the answers at all because we want yes or no answers but so far nobody can give the answer only God can and maybe here's a second question to think about this person in your life that committed suicide did this person hesitate in the act is there evidence that the person hesitated because if the person hesitated and was a servant of Christ then just maybe maybe God will be gracious and merciful and and not let that person pay for that one last sin we must ask the correct question and now we're going to go into the most important section of this podcast the question is not is the person in heaven or hell the question should be did this person know Christ or not was he a saved he or she a saved believer was there somebody that obeyed the gospel because a person outside of Christ who commits suicide will be in eternal damnation anyway whether he or she died in a natural way or not the method by which you die doesn't determine your eternal destiny your relationship who you know when you die whether you know Christ or not when you die that is what determines your eternal destiny this story of this 14 year old boy who took his own life because his girlfriend had left him was just so so powerful the dad of the son he didn't want anything to know with God or Christ and he used to tell his dad which was the grandfather now who was in our church he used to tell him man this Christian thing this is junk I mean God I mean where's God you know what is God and you know he didn't want anything to do with God he criticized God and the more his father wanted to talk to him about Christ the less he wanted to know about him and now he's standing in his house and he looks at his son's body being taken out of there and you know what he does he says to the Christians who, who are there the people from the church he says to them where is your God in all of this Look here, yes, my son is dead. Where is your God? You say there's a God. Look at my son. And one of the church members spoke up to him and said, at that question, he said, where you left him. Where you left him, that's where God is. The reason why your son, he didn't say this, but this is what he meant. The reason why your son is dead, because he, doesn't, because he didn't know God. In that instance, I'm not saying it's in all instances. In that specific instance, it was very clear God was not in that house. There was no God. There was no peace. There was no joy. That kid's whole room was filled with Slipknot. Go check out Slipknot on YouTube if you don't know anything about them. That, that was not godly stuff. And that, that kid didn't have God prompting his mind. And he didn't get God from his dad. And he eventually felt he's, it's, it's not worth living. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Sin takes you to your death. God will never lead you to killing yourself. There are seven suicides in the Bible. Let's look at these individuals briefly and then make some conclusions from it. There's Abimelech in Judges chapter 9 verse 52 to 54. Abimelech murdered his own brothers. So he is a murderer. And then God used the Israelites to attack his city. A woman threw a large rock on his head from a tower. Okay, and he was about to die. He knew he was about to die, but he didn't want to be remembered as somebody who was killed by a woman. So he asked his armor bearer close by to kill him. And so the armor bearer did. Okay, not a noble guy. Ahithupel, 2 Samuel 17.23, he plotted the killing of, of the king of Israel, David, the man after God's own heart. Okay, so he was in opposition to God. When he realized the mess he made, he went to go hang himself in his house. And then there's Samson, Judges chapter 16 and verse 30. And I would say this is the only noble suicide in the Bible. And by the way, God didn't tell him to go kill himself. He wanted to do it. He lost his eyes. 
okay and he they were at war they were at war with the philistines he was in the philistine temple i think there were three thousand people on the roof or five thousand people on the roof and he pushed the pillars apart so that all of them would fall in and die and he died in the process so he's a he's a casualty of war and i think there's some nobility in that if you are defending your family you're going outside you know that your life will keep them safe that is a i would say a noble suicide and we could separate that from the normal things then there's zimri first kings 16 18 he killed the king of israel and when he realized he was going to be killed by god's people he set his palace on fire and he died in it and then there's saul and his armor bearer first chronicles 10 verse 1 to 6 now if you don't know the story of saul this guy was anointed king but he was in opposition to god god was not happy with him he was not faithful to god um, he tried to kill david on numerous numerous times the lord's anointed and they were in, in a battle and he was injured and he said to his armor bearer, please run me through. The armor bearer didn't want to do that. So he just put the sword out and he fell on his sword and he killed himself. And then the armor bearer did the same thing. So they died in despair. And then lastly, who would like to guess in the New Testament who took their own lives, who took his own life? Matthew 27, 3 to 5, Judas Iscariot, the person who sold Jesus out to the chief priests and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law and the Sanhedrin. He went to bought a field and he hung himself in that field and killed himself. So what do we make of these? No noble person commits suicide. Suicide is usually a gradual process of, process of not having God in your life. The question is not so much, why did you commit suicide? The question is, how did you get there? How did you get to this point where you want to take your own life? How did you run your life without God to such a point that you felt it wasn't worth living anymore? There is a reason why God said we shouldn't murder. Suicide might help you cope with your life, or you think it might help you cope with your life, but it hurts those around you irrevocably. Therefore, we must be very careful to speak good of suicide. The Bible clearly doesn't. And these individuals that took their own lives, maybe except Samson, even though Samson had really some serious sin in his life, none of these people were noble people. You don't hear Moses taking his own life, Abraham taking his own life, David taking his own life. You don't hear the prophets taking their own lives. You don't see the apostles taking their own lives. No, they give up their lives when they're forced to by pagan men, but they don't take their own lives. And so here's the question that you can ask about this person in your life that passed away. Did the person genuinely walk with God? If that person genuinely walked with God, perhaps had a mental disorder, was a born-again Christian, I think God will have grace for them. I honestly believe so. You see, it's an individual-to-individual, case-by-case study. Suicide claims that there is no hope and there's no future. And with God, there's always a future. There's this guy, I call him the head transplant guy, and I didn't even know that this was happening. His name is Valery Spiridonov. He signed up to be the first person in the world to undergo a head transplant. He has Wernick-Hoffmann disease, which destroys muscles and nerves in the brain and spinal cord. Feeling he had no other option outside of watching his body lose its ability for movement, he signed up in 2015 to participate in the world's first head transplant. So they were going to take his head, decapitate him, and put it on a body that has been decapitated. and So he's going to have a new body. And that was what he wanted to do. And at that point in his life, he was... He was basically saying, you know what, I might as well die. In, in a way, he was saying, well, this is probably a suicide mission, but you know what, I'm going to do it in any ways. 
And because the op was so intense, the date for the op moved to 2017. But by the time that Valerie uh, was going to go for this operation, he pulled out of it and he changed his mind. And you know why? This is what he said. In my life appeared a woman who I fell in love with. Here this man in 2015, he was ready. He was ready to possibly die. He was willing to go through with a head transplant where he'd probably not come out alive of. Or he'd wake up and his brain would reject the body. It's, this is intense, okay? It's something that I won't do. But because he felt love, because he found love, because he found something worth living for, he decided to go against that suicide mission. It doesn't matter what you go through. There is always a God ready to give you a bright future. This man now has got a kid or kids, got a wonderful wife. She loves him as he is with his debilitating disease. And ladies and gentlemen, when you come to God, you've got God in your life. There's no reason whatsoever to take your own life. But if that does happen and you've got a mental disorder, I do believe that God will be gracious. So a lot has been said. Let me conclude. Maybe you are more confused now than before you heard this podcast. Let me summarize everything together and give you the conclusion based on my understanding and opinion. Are there people in heaven who committed suicide? That's the first question. I don't know, but I think so. Based on the character of God and the way humans just are. But I cannot judge like God can. I don't understand the inner workings of people and their mental functioning before they pulled the trigger but God does and I know that we serve a God of grace we serve a God of love and nothing can separate us from his love but that is only if we are in him I don't think there's much hope for somebody that is not in Christ who takes his own life because that person doesn't have Jesus by their side when they take their own lives and usually the reason why they take their own lives is because they don't have God with them <laughs> secondly Every suicide is different. We need to remember that. People have different reasons to take their own lives. So there's no blanket answer. You will have to sit with God and think carefully through the suicide that took place in your family and make up your mind what you think transpired. But at the end of the day, you're not going to know for sure. One thing is for sure. God never inspires suicide. Killing is not of Him. So it is something we need to stay far away from and always condemn. It robs a person of the life that God has planned for him or for her. It robs loved ones of a life of relationships. My dad took his own life. God could have given him another 20 years of greatness on the earth to represent him. God could, wanted to give him the opportunity to see his grandkids from his son, his only son. But he robbed himself of that. So what do we do? What do we do about this? We make sure our family members know Christ. So they will never give up hope in life. If we have family members that have mental illnesses, we make sure that we get them the best possible care. We provide them with good doctors. We grab money wherever we can to get them the best medication. Out of all the common reasons for suicide, I would say that only one needs biological intervention apart from God, and that's for mental illness. You've got somebody in your family with mental illness. They need special care and special attention. Lastly, what do we do about the dead? What do we do about those who've committed suicide? What do we think about them? How do we go on with our lives without them? Let me read to you Psalm 68 verse 5. That text says that, uh, that God becomes a father to the fatherless. God takes the position of the, the lost loved one if you're in him. If you've lost a dad or anyone else, let God take that place. 
at the end of the day, it is a choice. I can choose to believe my dad is happy with me, or I can choose to believe that he's not. I can choose to believe that he's in heaven. I can choose to believe he's in hell. Either way, whatever I believe, it doesn't change the reality of where he or she really is. Why not use the suicide of people we know and love for the good to make us better people, to make us more powerful and positive about the future? God bless. Love you. Bye.